So, good stuff. If you have your Bibles, open to Matthew tonight, the Gospel of Matthew and the seventh chapter. And uh, there is, man, what's up with our world? Had another guy, fortunately this guy wasn't the sharpest tack in the box. The terrorist guy, the only person he blew up was himself. So, but we just had another terrorist bombing in New York. In the subway there, it could have been disastrous, but he was in a tunnel and it was a, a faulty uh, uh, design or whatever he had on his pipe bomb, and so it blew up and he was really the only one injured there, and uh, so we're thankful in the Lord for that, but uh, it's just crazy that people are getting radicalized and thinking that, you know what, the best thing to do is try to destroy other people in mass quantities, and that's just, what a crazy day we live in, Amen. And so uh, even with that, that isn't why I'm ministering on this tonight, but this area is just, we go through different situations, we're going through storms, whether it's through physical ailments on our bodies, whether it's through challenges. Uh, I'd ask you to pray for uh, Adrian Peterson. We got a text just a little bit before church, and uh, he is battling a, a really bad case of the flu, and uh, just very upset to his stomach. The doctor said nothing you can do, just go on a liquid diet, but he's just very drained and weak. So please pray for Adrian and that. And uh, one good report, I was... Uh, late coming down this evening, but I was on the phone with our, our agent that's helping us write the contract. So we have all that finalized. We're going to sign that tomorrow. We're going to give it to the bank tomorrow. So very encouraging. The bank gave us uh, yesterday, uh, they uh, told us that we'll be able to close by January 31st, and uh, but probably sometime between the 15th and the 31st, even earlier. So very exciting. Amen. And then he said today that we'll be under 6%, or he said they're looking at 5.75%, so we like that, amen? So God is good, praise the Lord, so we're thankful for that. Father, we thank you for all your grace and your mercy. We thank you tonight as we open the word, Father, that you, by your Holy Spirit, will bring insight, clarity, and truth to our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you're the one who opens the eyes of our understanding. We thank you that you're the one that helps us to see truth, to hear truth and receive it so that it produces the harvest that the Word of God contains in our life. We give you praise and glory for your work in Jesus' name. Somebody said? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, and I want to begin reading at verse 30, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat, on that and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Somebody say, founded on the rock. Now, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. You know, and I have written just in my notes in my Bible over the years, one of the notes I have in there, the thing that made it great, the fall great, is that they knew the word, they knew the truth, they knew what to do, but they didn't apply it. You know, a couple months ago at the men's breakfast, I made a statement to the men. I said, you know what, the most rewarding part of being a pastor is when people hear the word, receive the word, and do the word, and it produces in their life. The saddest part about being a pastor is when people hear the word, 
and receive the word, but they don't do the word, and it doesn't, and they experience a heartache and the heartbreak that come when the answer was available. Amen. And so you work hard to try to get that truth into people and doing that. So hopefully tonight we will encourage you in this area. Look at the cover of your outline. One of the greatest gifts a father can give to his children, I believe, is a legacy of faith. All of us guys in here, we really have that responsibility. You know, the Bible tells us we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders of our home. And yet we do. We delegate some things, even in marriage classes. I, I, I think we ought to do a class on your wife is not your mama. And uh, so you don't get married to marry your mom. You get married to have a maid and a helpmate. And so it's not good for marriages to be together where the man views his wife. So, you know, when you grew up, your mom did all your cooking, all your cleaning, all your shopping, everything. Yeah, well, if you expect your wife to do that, you just married your mama. You didn't marry your wife. And then you wonder why it's not going too well because she didn't marry you to be your mama. Amen. <laughs> and so the man's supposed to be. And with that, the man's also supposed to be the spiritual head and leadership of the house. And so we see guys, and so we are growing up, mama's the one that made us go to church, mama's made us do that, and so then a lot of guys expect mama to take the spiritual lead. But it's up to the fathers to be the ones who give a legacy of faith to their children and to their family. See, over and over in the Word of God, it refers to the faith legacy of fathers, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's recorded of the godly kings of Israel that they followed in the footsteps and the ways of their father David. When you read the Old Testament, it's interesting because you get in there and it'll, it'll read a king and say, he walked in the footstep of his father David. And you go back and look at his actual genealogy and his real father wasn't David, it was another king or somebody else. But they chose not to go that way, but they walked in the footsteps of the legacy of David. See, faith in God was and is to be passed from one generation to another by example. Unfortunately, there are also too many accounts of ungodly fathers and kings. As a result, their children had to find their legacy for faith elsewhere. Where am I going to get an example for faith? We have to look someplace else. And so many times that happened. I'm thankful for my pastor all the years that he was in my life for 34 years. He really was my spiritual father. And so I was able to look to him and God put other men in my life who were great mentors and showed me how to have a legacy of faith. I'll never forget uh, one of our missionaries who was a dear, dear friend. We supported him for over 25 years and that James Stewart. And uh, he was in Africa for over 50 years, served as a missionary in Africa for over 50 years, and I'll never forget, he was here in 2004, he came to our church, and he had retired at that time, but he was here at the church, and he preached at our church, and, and he said this as he preached, he says, I've come home to kiss my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren, and go back to finish my life where I've lived my life for God. Says, I'm going back to Africa to die serving God. That was his goal. That was his heart. That he had given his life in mission for the people of Africa. He had given his life for them. And he wanted to finish his life serving God on that field. Amen. I said, okay, sign me up. I, that's, that's a legacy I want. I want to live for God and have that view of living for the Lord. Amen. And so I'm so thankful that God put men like that in my life as that I could look to. See, knowing who you are in Christ and living a life that honors God are the two ingredients that lead to a legacy of faith. 
Those two ingredients govern and direct the decisions we make and the direction we take in life. They provide our identity, they define our values, and give direction to our purpose. Knowing who you are in Christ and living a life that honors God gives you proper identity, it sets your values in right order, and it keeps you going in the right direction. Could you say amen? So watch this tonight as we look inside. Through our example to our children... Through our example, our children learn how to trust God and rely on His Word through every storm and every adversity in life. What do I mean by that? By the way we respond to God and live by His Word, we teach them through our faith that His Word is a rock and a sure foundation. The Word of God is what Jesus said is a sure foundation that they can build their lives upon. They learn through our example that God's Word will always be our source of provision and protection through every storm in life. Isn't it amazing? We, well, a lot of times, you know, years ago, and uh, I still stand on it and preach and believe the Word of Faith, and people got into the Word of Faith. They thought, man, if I just had enough faith, I wouldn't have to face any storms. Well, that isn't what Jesus said. He said that, that storms come against every life, come against a house on the rock, the house on the sand, but when you're built on the right foundation, the storms don't destroy the house. So faith is what gives me the right foundation to endure. No matter what comes against my life, by acting on God's Word and living by faith in the Word, I have myself in a secure place. Are you with me? So what are some keys to facing the storm of life? I'm going to give you three of them tonight. How, to start, how you start determines how you finish. And that's what we read in Matthew 7 and, and building. He said, he that, that began to build a house, you dig deep first and you prepare the foundation. And so you can read it. It's also in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. When we started Solid Rock Faith Center, we did it based on this truth and passage of Scripture. People say, well, where do you come up with the name Solid Rock Faith Center? That's our, that's our Scripture for the name of our church. We just wanted something cool, but we wanted something that really declared what we believe. I believe the Word of God with all my heart. So when we started our church, that man, I, I want a name. And so it, it just was this Solid Rock Faith Center really spoke to me, and that's a key foundational Scripture of that and for our church. And so we built our church based on this truth. Building our life upon the rock of God's word is the foundation for all success. I believe that with all my heart. Because Jesus said that foundation in this passage was the key. Every life faces storms. How many just say amen? I mean, if you've been, everybody's been through a storm. The difference is, how does the storm affect you? What happens when the storms come and how do we respond? It is the foundation that our lives are built upon that determines how we weather those storms. Foundation is what you do at the beginning. It's hard to put a foundation under a house once you have finished the roof. Before I got saved, I was a concrete finisher. I did a lot of construction work and that. And while we were pastoring in Bieber before we came here, we pastored up there in Northern California for eight years. While in Bieber, one of our ranchers in the church, a farmer in the church, he owned a bunch of property. He decided he wanted to buy this house. So by Fall River up there, there, there was a... Uh, uh, a dam there and a powerhouse on the river and PG&E on it. And they had these houses that were there that nobody's living anymore. They were built really well, but they were just about 900 square foot houses and stuff. And, but they were like all two by six construction, that very sturdy, well-built houses and that. And so they were selling them. So he bought one at the auction 
And then he cut it in half and had it trucked to his ranch. And, that, and, and then he had it set up. And he said, now I just need to pour a foundation underneath it. I said, we're kind of going about this backwards. And so we got it in there. We set it and all this stuff. So then we had it all jacked up. Then we had to build all the, crawl around underneath there and build all the forms. And I've done a lot of foundations on a lot of houses with full basements and everything. But doing it after the house is built and trying to get in under that, it's just kind of backwards. It can be done, but it's not the way it's supposed to be done. So how you start at the beginning. So we're doing something that should have been done at the beginning versus trying to do it after the house is already complete. And so that's what happens many times. See, we decided at the beginning of our ministry that God's word would be what we would build our lives upon and our ministry upon. We were confident then, but we are convinced now. When we began in ministry, we were confident that the Word of God is true. After all these years, I'm convinced it is true. You believe whatever you want. I'm fully convinced the Word of God is true. Amen? And that the Word of God is the only foundation that will stand against the test of storms. Every life has a foundation. Storms reveal if it is the right one. Let me put you like this. After being in ministry for 36 years and pastoring here for 28 years, I've seen a lot of people come and go. And don't take this in the wrong, wrong context. I'm still here doing the same thing, seeing lives change, seeing people say, seeing people fill with the Holy Spirit, seeing God move in people's lives, seeing God do what He's always done because we're still standing on the same foundation. Doing all right? And then you see people who came in, they ran for a while, but they're doing something else. And then you look at their life, they're going through hardships, they're going through struggles, they're going through failure. But when you stay on the Word, I'm convinced the Word of God is the only foundation for success in our life. Stay in the Word. Amen? Every life has a foundation. Storms reveal if it's the right one. Amen. Secondly, Heard Jesse DePlanis say this years ago, and I've used it over and over at different times, but I put it in here tonight. I heard him make a statement. First time I heard him uh, a preach, it was, man, this was back in like 1992, and he preached a message, and he titled, The Storm's Coming, But the Faith Walk Continues. The Storm's Coming, But the Faith Walk Continues. And that's important to understand. That's what Jesus says. Storms are going to come. They come against a house on the on this rock, and they come against a house on the stand. But the faith walk still, <laughs> excuse me, continues. Go with me to uh, uh, Proverbs chapter ten. Are you doing all right? Proverbs chapter ten. And verse 20 says this, when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Wow, what a great word, amen? What a great word to stand upon. We have an everlasting foundation in our lives when we build our lives on the word of God. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Nope, that's not the scripture I want, so we'll leave that. Look at, look at your message. Uh, storms are a part of life, and you should never uh, 
They should never take us by surprise or weaken the resolve of our faith in Christ and His Word. Think about that. Trials, problems, challenges, oppositions, and adversity come to us all. Jesus said when the storms come, He did not tell us how to avoid the storm, but rather how to stand and endure uh, and endure and endure and arise victorious through them. So the word of the Lord was us. This is how you stand when they come. And this is how you always end up victorious. Go with me to Romans chapter 5. I know that's the right one. I just mistyped the wrong verse. And I won't take time to look it up right now. Romans chapter 5. Huh? Mark 4 is the one I wanted. Instead of Matthew. Okay. Oh, I said Matthew. And I, in my notes say Mark. My bad. Okay. I'm glad you guys are reading my notes better than me. <laughs> Romans will work. Romans chapter 4, though. I mean, Romans chapter 5. I'll get it right on, on one of these here in a minute. Romans chapter 5 and uh, beginning in verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory, watch this, in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces what? perseverance and perseverance character and character hope now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has who he has given to us amen so the father's given us the Holy Spirit and when trials come when perse uh, persecutions come when all these things come we stand up against those and they build an enduring strength in our life so the lord teaches us he doesn't say they won't come but he teaches us how to be victorious through that see the disciples were more focused on the storm than they were upon what jesus said and what was going on so in mark chapter 4 now you can turn there we'll go back and look at it we'll read the account of the storm Mark chapter 4, beginning verse 35. And the key is to remember, as I put in my notes there, we are not alone. So many times we're going through things, and that's what people say all the time. They're trying to get God, realize that God, where are you, Lord? Get into my problem. Get in this with me. And, uh, but we are never alone. On the same day, verse, chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them. Somebody say, he said to them. So look what he said. Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he, w boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I mean, time people feel like God doesn't care that they're going through problems. Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even... The wind and sea obey him. How many know God is not unfair? How many know it would be unfair if the Lord was rebuking them for not having faith to do something that they could do nothing about? That makes sense? Why didn't you, how come he didn't respond in the right way? Or in other words, he's trying to get them to see. They, ha they, ha they were in possession of the answer. They just didn't know it. So watch this. 
So the disciples were more focused on the storm than they were upon what Jesus had said and what he was doing. We must remember that most of these men made their living on the sea. They had seen storms like this before. This was not just a little windstorm that they were in. You with me? This was a fierce storm, the kind that people lose their lives in. And they were reacting normal for this kind of situation. Without Christ, it would have been hopeless. Do you understand that? In many things, when we're going through storms, we have to remember, we're all going to face times that it's, it's going to seem that it's hopeless. But we are not alone. When we're going through storms, we have to remember, we are not alone. Think about it. If you're acting upon His Word and He is at rest, you should be too. What I mean by acting on who told them to cross over? Who told them to get in the boat? Who said, let's go to the other side? Jesus did. Amen? And so what are they acting on? They're acting upon His Word. It wasn't their idea. They're not in this situation of their own accord. i put it, go back to you like this. They heard the Word, and they're doing the Word, right? And so Jesus said, when we hear the Word and we do the Word, when the storms come, the storm will not prevail. We will make it through the storm. And the best way to see that, Lord, you said to cross over. I'm standing on your Word. I'm doing your Word. I'm not in this on my own accord. I'm in this because I'm being obedient to your Word. Thank you, Lord. I'm passing over. It may look like I'm sinking, but if I have to... <laughs> If I get there and the boat's underwater and I step out on dry ground, whatever it is, I'm making it to the other side. Are you with me? See, if God is not concerned about His Word coming to pass, then we should not be either. Sometimes we think we have to worry over the Word. Kind of like we have to sit on it and hatch it. We have to brood over it to bring it to pass or whatever. But we don't have, it doesn't work that way. Think about it. What would you need to do? Anchor your soul... To his word. Never forget that God is the omniscient one. He knows what you will go through to get to your destination in him. How many know the Lord wasn't concerned that they had to go through a storm to get to the other side? So many times we think the things we're facing is a surprise to God. And we need to inform the omniscient one, the all-knowing one, about what's going on in our life. God, did you get a clue? Could you just change the channel and look down here at what's going on? No, he, he knows what's happening. So think about that, that you are here, they are there, and you are in the situation because of obedience to his word. Let us cross over. Wow. Think about that. See, 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul says, Timothy said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith and do that. And, and we're to go to war by the word or the prophetic words that have been declared over our lives. Abiding in His Word means maintaining your peace and joy and faith in the midst of the storm. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go back and look at life, look at ministry, look at everything going on. And a lot of times I think about it and I just think, wait a minute. I didn't really ask to do this. I didn't ask to do this. I was asked to do this. Do you understand? 
And so when, when it's going in a certain way, I'm going, wait a minute, Lord, this is what you, I'm just doing what you've asked me to do. I'm just serving, I'm just living to be obedient to your word. And, and, and it's getting in situations. So I know that you know it's there and you're going to get us through that and it's all going to turn out right. Could you say amen? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning verse 32. So look what he says, what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdom, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned to flight the armies of Asia. How many know that sounds like a lot of opposition? That doesn't sound like smooth sailing. That sounds like some storms, amen? When you're fighting, you're facing lions, you're going through, you're having to subdue kingdoms, you're the violence of fire, the edge of the sword, and everything, but yet still being made strong and valiant. Verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection still others had trial of mockings and scourging yes and of chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two they were tempted were slain with swords and wandering about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted and tortured of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth all these, having attained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So in other words, say, Pastor, why are you reading all that? Because even Jesus, look at Jesus kept his eye on the promise, was able to endure everything that he had to endure. And we read that and thinking, man, I'm going to go through all this. And, and there's even that area in there, in, in the area that says that these all pressed through and, and not having received, they still believe. They died in faith, not having received the promise. So for me... Many times, that, that's my declaration. I would rather die in faith believing right up to the last month. I'm believing God. I was telling someone the other day who's going through a situation physically in their body. I said, man, thank God for that. But all the way through it, I'm thanking God. I'm declaring God. I'm never going to give up on my faith and just rely on a doctor. You understand that? My, my confession is always going to be my faith. I'm going to use whatever means are available. I'm, I'm going to take and use resources that are available. But through the whole situation, I'm going to continue to declare my faith in God and believe God. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> for his provision to come to pass in my life. <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's always nice when I cough into the microphone. Amen. So watch this. Go back to your outline with me. See, if I lose my peace, I'm likely to become irrational. Thank you, Tim. I'm likely to become irrational and act out of fear instead of faith. 
You understand that? If you lose your peace in God, you're likely to become irrational and make rash decisions, spontaneous decisions, instead of just staying in peace and waiting on the Lord. Amen? There are things that I know, you've heard me say it before, when things happen, uh, challenges come up, you just get that thing, hey, you know what, I've been through a storm before, this too shall pass. Amen. This too shall pass. You know, I think about, I think about there's a lot of things we see going on. We, this year, our nation has been devastated by storms and floods. We still have fires going on in Southern California, people totally unexpected. So you go through, what are you going to do if something like that happens? Oh my gosh, I just lost my house. I just lost everything I've lived my whole life for. What am I going to There are people that just can't handle that stuff. Life has to be greater than just this life. Are you with me? The hope that we have is eternal. And so Hebrews puts that to it. You know, it's, it's terrible that, that none of those people expected that. Nobody ever thought that was coming. But Jesus is trying to tell us there is a foundation for us to have our life on when storms like this come, that we are able to endure the storm and come out victorious with his peace on the other side. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. Beginning in verse 17, and from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulation await me. Now think about that. He didn't say a warm reception and a big offering, did he? <laughs> he says, everywhere I go, I know that change and tribulation are pursued. And you look at the life of Paul, everywhere he went, every time he preached, it's like a trial or a persecution came against him. Look what he said. Look at verse 24. Verse 24, but none of these things, what? Move me. None of this moves me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. So I love the way Paul declares that. And so we remember we're building a legacy of faith based on how we weather storms. Amen? And Paul declared that none of these things are to move us. So the last key I want to give you is the Word of God enables us to walk above and through the storm. Matthew chapter 14.
and beginning in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him. He had just fed the multitudes and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went walking to them. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. I always thought Peter, Peter always gets a bad rap because he walked and sang. I keep going like this. I don't know anybody else that's even taken one step. Amen. Or have the courage to get out or the boldness to get out. Who knows how far. He doesn't say how far he walked. It says he began and he was walking on the water. Peter had the courage to get out. But what happened? Think about it. But when he saw, say when he saw, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Wow. Instead of going, man, that was good. You got like three steps that time. Next time, we'll go for six. Amen. But Jesus was always trying to get us to understand something. He's always working with us. And so look at, let's break this down and just see what happens as our last key tonight. Uh, also go with me to, uh, I'm going to add these before we dive into this. And so the way we win is through the wisdom of the word. Go back to Proverbs chapter 24. A couple verses out of here. Proverbs 24. Verses 3 through 6, and then verse 10. Through wisdom, so we're talking about foundation key. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Amen? Verse 5, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So we win through the wisdom of the Word. God's Word gives us wisdom. As we're always relying and building our life on the wisdom of the Word. It always gives us a foundation for victory. Verse 10 says this, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So when adversity comes, I always go back to this. The way I read that, just me, my personal application is, if I faint in the day of adversity when a storm or a trial comes, then I'm having foundation trouble. And so I need to go back and shore up my foundation. I need to go back to the wisdom of 
the word. Amen? Wisdom is our protection from presumption. Romans 4.17 declares that we're to call the non-existent things as if they already existed. Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is not in seeing what is natural, but seeing what is in the covenant of promise of God. The calling it forth in your life and in the lives of others. It is not faith until you speak. Look what Jesus said. They said, Master, we're perishing. What did Jesus do? He got up and he spoke to the wind and the way. When we're facing storm, it is imperative that we have the wisdom and the truth and the foundation of God's word so that we know how to speak properly against the storms of our life. How to speak and declare the answer, not the problem. Amen? I joked about it Sunday morning, but I, I hear people saying all the time, I'm catching this, I'm catching that. I tell you, quit chasing sickness. You can't catch something unless you're going after it. Amen. Instead of saying I'm catching something, say I'm taking, I'm receiving a healing. I refuse to accept this cold. I'm not going to confess and agree with sickness. Amen. Never put yourself in agreement. See, let me put you like this. Every cold... How, how can I say this? All sickness is a form of death. Never speak death over your life. Let me say that. A cold complicated turns into pneumonia that produces death. Are you with me? An extreme cold is pneumonia. It gets into your lungs, fluid builds up in your lungs, and people die from pneumonia. But start out, maybe just as a cold. So I want to be careful. Never speak in agreement with sickness. Learn to speak the answer and to speak the word. Are you with me? And speak it. People say, well, then I'm not doing it. But the word of God says to call those things that are not, Romans 4, 17, that we call God is the God who calls those things that are not as though they were. So when we speak the word of God, I can call my body healed. Well, you have symptoms. I don't care. I'm calling the thing that is not as though it was. Amen? Learning how to do that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not, of things not seen. I may not see the manifestation yet, but I'm calling myself the healed of the Lord, the delivered of the Lord, the protected of the Lord, the provided of the Lord. Amen? Whatever it is, speak and declare the word of faith over your life. It's not faith until you speak. Faith does not deny the storm exists. It speaks to provision. Jesus didn't get up. What are you guys so worried about? There's no storm here. That isn't what he did. He, didn't do, he spoke to it, and he spoke with the authority over it. It speaks to the provision and promise of God for victory through the storms. Faith stands, and having done all, it still stands. Think about it. Peter was walking on the word of Christ. Jesus said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Peter was not walking on water. Are you listening to me? This is important for you to get. Peter walked on water. No, he didn't. He walked on the word. The thing that kept him above the water was the word come. He was walking on the, if that's you, bid me come. But the moment he got his eyes on the water and off of the word, 
the water took over. Are you with me? Oh, get this. The storm exists, but he was not focused on the storm. So, man, he's, not even, he's looking at Jesus. All he sees is Jesus. How many know the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. When Jesus was speaking, he was the living. When he is alive, he is the living Word of God. When he is speaking, he is the Word of God speaking. And when people acted on what he said, they were acting on the Word of God. And you and I, when we hear that word, we act on it. That's what sustains us. It is the foundation of our life. It shores us up. We don't sing and we don't fail because the word is our foundation. Hallelujah. So Peter, at that moment, the storm existed, but he was not focused on the storm. And as long as his focus was on the word of God, he walked above his storm. But the moment he took his eyes off of the word and focused on the storm, he sank. And many times, that's where we get. The enemy loves you. Look at how great this is. Look at the size of the problem. I said it Sunday morning at the end. We magnify the problem. Our challenge is to make God bigger and God greater than anything you will ever face. Magnify God. Not the problem, not the sickness, not the temptation, not the challenge, not the adversity. Always make God bigger than any circumstance or challenge in your life. Hear me. Faith never takes its eye off of the Word. Faith knows that the Word is what enables me to walk above the storm. Faith is founded in the Word, and the Word is a foundation that supports us in the storm. See, it takes more than just simple faith to conquer a storm. Faith must have a foundation. Faith in faith will not produce. That makes sense? Kind of a stupid statement, but just having faith in faith doesn't produce faith has to have a foundation and that foundation has to be the word of God our faith is pure when it is built on the foundation of God's word so what's our goal never let go of the word in the midst of your storm believe God keep speaking the word keep declaring the word it's your strength in the day of adversity, and it's your anchor in the storm. Keep holding on. You're building a legacy of faith. Amen? How just stay in there. Just keep believing. Just keep pressing on. How's it going to go? I don't know. God's going to make it happen. Glory to God. He's never failed. He always comes through. Just keep remembering. My pastor used to say this. He'd say, always remember your little faith victories. Never forget the little things God has done in response to your faith. Because for me, we think, oh, God's got to do great and mighty miracles. We expect God to do mighty things. It's always amazing to me when the creator of the universe will do a dinky thing. Amen? It just, you know, that, that, that God would care about just the minute, small thing that he knows that are valuable to us or important to us. God cares about that. And he responds to our faith in those little requests. Think about think at how Think at how goofy it is to pray for a parking spot I don't want to walk <laughs> Lord it's really busy can I have a parking space right up front people testify I prayed the Lord gave a parking space right up front cool and I believe he did but how cool is God that would care about where you park so you don't have to wear your little footsies out Amen. I mean, but 
I mean, if God cares about little dinky things like that, that he would do, and he would even respond to faith and ask him for the littlest area thing like that, that really wouldn't have mattered to a hill of beans. What more would he do? Amen? Faith should be enlarged through all that. Always remember the little faith victories that God gives. Amen? I was, uh, and then make your, let me put you like, make yourself use your faith. How can I say? Faith is not a feeling. You will never feel like you have enough faith. Write this down. Faith is not a feeling. It's a force. It's a force. It's power. Faith is a spiritual force. By faith, they conquered. By faith, they subdued. By faith, they overcome. How many know that's not feelings doing that? It's the force. It's the power of God released in our lives. Last night, I was working. Cameron and Deborah Joy, they're... Cameron's a real estate agent. He's the one writing our contract for, our, for, for the sale of the property, helping us do that and, and, and donating his time to do that. What just a real blessing in doing that. But, but he is, uh, he, goes, he goes, oh, man, pray for my wife. My wife is sick and he's been down all day and, 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 and that. So as he was leaving last night, we just prayed together. And I, I just called his wife healed in Jesus' name and prayed over her. So I just contacted him. Morning, How, how's Deborah Joy doing? How's things going? He goes, oh, man, she got up this morning. She's back at, our, back at work this morning. Thank God for, for prayer. Amen. And so at that moment, but what I'm saying, I didn't feel like, like all of a sudden, I didn't feel like there was a huge anointing. I felt a warm glow like God pouring oil from heaven over me. I'm anointed for this prayer. I feel God. Let me, you know, I, it wasn't that. Are you listening to me? So we get so goofy sometimes. I said, wait a minute. Faith is not a feeling. It's a for, and, and, and you make yourself act in faith believing. Believe that God says we can pray one for that the fervent, effectual, fervent prayers of righteous people avail much. Amen. And so you pray for people, and when you use your faith based on the word of God, you have the foundation of the word. The Lord said, I could pray, says, pray one for another. Amen. And God will answer our prayers. Praise the Lord. So what we want to do, we're trying to leave a legacy of faith and leave that out for those who are looking to us and following behind us. So I have these questions for you tonight. How's your peace? How's your peace? Going through a storm, how's your peace? I guarantee you Jesus is asleep while you're up worrying about it. Amen? And how's your rest? If you lose your peace, you have trouble resting. When you lose your peace, it's hard to sleep at night. Amen. And then the next question is, what are you saying? What are you saying? Check yourself by what you say. And then back up, say, wait a minute, how's your faith? How do I know I'm in faith? Well, Pastor, how do I know how my faith is? It's not faith until you're speaking. It's not faith until you're declaring it and saying it. So then I back up, wait a minute. If I'm not speaking it and I don't have faith and I'm not... Uh, saying the right thing, and I don't have rest, and I don't have peace, and I need to ask myself, what is my foundation? Am I hearing the Word? Am I building on the Word? Father, I thank you tonight 
for your word. I thank you that your word is the only truth in our life. There is no other foundation for success, for victory, for endurance, for overcoming than the foundation of your word. And Lord, we want to be like wise people. We want to build our house on the rock. We want to be like Solomon said in Proverbs 10. A wise man has a sure foundation. So we thank you, Father, for your word that is truth in our life. We're going to speak your word. We're going to keep our eyes on your word. We're going to magnify you, God, not the problems, not the circumstances. We're going to speak life, and we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We believe you in every circumstance and every situation, and we give you praise and glory for it. Father, we thank you that you'll continue to open doors and opportunities for us to share our faith with others, to speak and give testimony and witness for you of the good things of God in our lives that others might come to know you. Lord, let us be men and women that leave a legacy of faith. And Father, let us reach out with boldness to share our faith with others. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, we love you. Have a blessed